You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and today's episode is about a four-point checklist to start your business. Hey there, it's nice to see you again. Today I'd like to talk to you about a simple checklist to launch your business. And this checklist is the first part of something that I use in my Passion to Profit program, which helps you to build a blueprint to launch your business. Um, And I want to cover these four specific things because they're elements that people often get stuck with when they're starting a business. And anything that I can do to help you to clear up those obstacles and help you to start taking action and getting traction is what I want to do. So let's talk about these four things that you must do and get right before you can start trading. Now, one thing about these four things is that they're going to suddenly make your idea of a coaching business become real. When you do these four things, you're clearly demonstrating a commitment to starting and succeeding in your business. So you may feel a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit hesitant about doing them. What if my business doesn't work? What if I don't get any customers? All those sorts of things are going to come up for you potentially right now. Push through them. Seriously, anything that you do that you've never done before in life has those fears and challenges associated with it. What if it doesn't work? What if I fail? I'm going to ask you, offer you, for you to put those things aside and to just do these things and to make your business real, to make it tangible and concrete because it's going to increase your commitment to yourself. It's going to help you to show up and be professional. And it's going to help you to feel more confident that you're actually doing something valuable. So the first thing on my checklist is to decide on a business name. And I'm mentioning this one because nearly everybody gets hung up on this and they come up with words like thrive and growth and vitality and all these different sorts of names. And While it's great to have a name like that, it makes you invisible. And when you start a business, you want to become visible. You want to become known. Think of it this way. If you are starting a business and you start telling people, your friends and family, your colleagues, your acquaintances, and and they know you and they want to refer other people to you, they're not going to remember some name they're going to remember your name, right? So in the first instance, it's way easier for you to use your own name as your business name because people are going to make it make that link with you and, and refer more easily. You are your brand. And so stepping into your own name as your business name means that people can easily refer and identify you. It means that you're standing out. After all, at the end of the day, people are buying you, not your business name. The other thing is that if you have a business name with those general words like thrive or growth or well-being or those sorts of things, you're just going to blend in with the crowd and people won't really know what you're doing. I want to use the example of the internet news site called Thrive Global. If you didn't know Ariana Huffington and if you didn't know what Thrive Global was, it's a pretty general name. You could guess that it's some sort of a global business to do with thriving, but you wouldn't really know 
what they what they do. It's much easier to say my name is such and such and I specialise in helping people do such and such. That's way clearer than saying my business is called something generic. It also means that if you want to change your niche down the track, if you have a business that's very set in a particular name that alludes to a particular niche, for example, it's hard to change that. So by not having a very specific name in the beginning, you're going to make it easier for yourself to settle into the right niche and also to pivot later if you want to do that. Uh, an exception to this could be if you are very clear on your niche. If you're really clear on your niche, it's something that you've always wanted to do, you might want to create a business name uh, around that. But I would recommend just using your name. The other thing about just using your name as your business name is that you can have your name and then programs associated to niche problems under that umbrella so that those programs can be branded in their own right and you have the flexibility to work in different areas. Let's take me as an example. My business is Melanie J. White Coaching. Pretty boring, right? But it says who I am and what I do. So under that umbrella, I developed the Downsize Me program, which is very clearly a weight loss niche program. And I ran that for three and a half years and then I decided to pivot into business coaching. And now I run the Passion to Profit program. So for me, having my own business name has been fantastic because I have just been able to work in one niche under that program brand name and that still exists today. I have coaches who are licensed to run that for me, but I've been able to cleanly transition into another niche. So think about that when you're coming up with a name, I suggest you use your own name and that way you won't get lost in the sea of businesses out there. You will be really easy to spot. Once you have the business name, you are ready to register your business. So that's the second point on my checklist. You can't register a business without a name. So the name comes first. And I recommend that you talk to an accountant about the best type of business structure for you. It's either going to be a sole trader or a company or a trust. Now, the one of those structures that you choose is going to depend on your own financial situation and the assets that you have. And that might mean that one is better than another for you right now. So for me, setting up a company, a proprietary limited company made more sense um, for various tax reasons and asset protection reasons. But for a lot of people in a coaching business, if you've just only ever been an employee and you don't have assets, uh, significant assets, then a sole trade is probably enough. But I would recommend that you talk to an accountant. And if you don't have one, get one now. Get one from the beginning because it's going to save you a lot of pain at tax time and it's going to help you to make sure that your business is legally compliant. You will need to figure out if and when you need to register for GST. Most people won't need to. I think the income threshold for that in Australia is about $75,000. Once you earn over that amount, you need to uh, register for GST. Um, but having somebody who has your back on the financial stuff is really important from the beginning of setting up your business.
they can either set up the business for you as the sole trader or as the company, whatever. Or if you want to do it yourself, you can go to the ASIC website, Australian Securities Investment Commission, ASIC, register your business name and you then get an Australian business number or an ABN. The reason you do those steps first is before you get a domain name, you often need to have an ABN. So you come up with your business name first and then you register your business and then later on you can get the domain name and anything else set up associated with that business. I would recommend the third thing that you need to do, and this is the third thing on my checklist, is to register for insurance. And this is an essential thing to do before you exchange any services for money. If you're doing free stuff and, and practice coaching, that's okay. You don't really need to have insurance. But as soon as you start working as a coach in your business and trading um, services for money, you really need to have insurance. And there are two types of insurance that you get when you get insurance in inverted commas. There is professional indemnity insurance and then there's also public liability insurance. So the difference between those is personal versus public space pretty much. Professional indemnity insurance protects you if someone wants to sue you for malpractice or for giving advice that they took the wrong way or whatever it might be. So it's your professional service that you're delivering that's covered by professional indemnity. And public liability is designed to protect you for general loss or, or injury. So for example, you're running a workshop, somebody tripped over the power cord, running to your laptop and hurt their knee and they wanna sue you for that. So that's the public liability side of things. You might be asking, well, do I really need insurance? I'm not gonna be practicing. I don't know when my first paying client will be. Well, you definitely need to get it. Um, and it, you know, you can wait until you're ready to start charging. But for me, all of these things that you set up are about building your professional identity and about being seen as a professional entity who takes their business seriously. So apart from that potential litigation that you're protected from, it says, I'm an actual real business and I'm insured. It also helps you to feel that as well, for you to have that sense of taking things seriously and commitment. The probability that somebody's going to sue you is really low, but think about it, the consequence is pretty extreme. So if someone would attempt a legal challenge, it's going to cost you money, time and emotional well-being uh, in addressing that challenge. And there's also reputation damage. So if you've been sued and sued successfully, it doesn't look very good uh, for your business reputation. So insurance offers that buffer of support and you need to also have it backed by the appropriate policies and procedures, which we cover in that Passion to Profit program. So if you're a student in that program, you will be able to jump into module three, I think it is. Actually, no, sorry. Yeah, it's module three and you will have a list of templated policies and procedures that you will need to use, which go or sit alongside your insurance as a way of saying, hey, I'm op operating in a professional way with the intention of not doing any harm and protecting you from risk of harm. So having those things in place is really essential. The other reason that you need insurance is if you are hiring a premises of any sort at any time. So let's say that you go down to the community centre down the road to run a workshop 
or let's say that you decide to partner with a local wellbeing clinic and, and hire some space from them, then you're going to have a contract in either case to use that venue. And part of that will probably involve you presenting evidence of your insurance so that if the venue was sued for somebody tripping over the concrete step at your workshop, they might then put that back on you. So in most cases, if you're hiring a venue of good repute, then they're going to require you to have that insurance or if you're going into any sort of partnership. So where do you get insurance? That's a common question. What do I need to do? So there are a few companies that will insure you as a health and wellness coach, but commonly you will go to a broker who will find the best option for you. So the two options that you have as a health and wellness coach in Australia are firstly, and this is the one I recommend, become a member of our professional industry body, HACANSA, Health Coaches Australia New Zealand Association, and they have a recommended, recommended insurance broker as part of that membership. So you would then go through them. Another option is to contact IICT, International Institute of Complementary Therapists, and get a quote on insurance. So in either case, wherever you're going to get insurance, you'll probably need to provide evidence that you've completed your qualification. So if you trained at Wellness Coaching Australia, that would be your professional certificate or those sorts of things. But what does insurance cost and how much should you be paying? That's a common question I hear. You're going to be paying in the order of $250 up to $600 a year, typically. And the premiums are related to the type of service that you're offering and the level of risk. So if you're just going to be a health and wellness coach offering that service, your risk is probably lower because all you're doing really is having conversations with people and not giving any advice. But if you're combining coaching with another professional element, like you're an exercise physiologist who also wishes to add coaching to the business or you're doing some, some other thing like a nutritionist and you're creating eating plans, you're going to have a higher level of insurance generally because you're giving advice which could be misconstrued and lead to harm. So different services have different levels of risk and therefore different costs associated with them. So your purchase of insurance will cost in the range of $250 to $600 most likely. And so how much should you be insured for? Well, typically for professional indemnity, the amount that insurance companies will offer you would be $2 million as a minimum for that. And that might go up to $5 million. Public liability is more likely around $10 million or $20 million. So it's up to you which level you choose. There won't be a huge difference in the premium, but they're the sorts of numbers that you need to be looking at. One thing I will say on those amounts actually is if you're hiring a space to work out of, you would generally have the same level of insurance as the space that you're hiring. So if you're hiring an office in a wellbeing clinic and their professional indemnity or PI is 5 million and their public liability is 20 million, you would wanna have the same level of cover because if they wanted to counter sue you or something like that, you would want to be able to meet those requirements with the insurance. So that's an important consideration. The last thing that is important for you to do to set up your business, the fourth point to talk about today on this checklist is setting up a business bank account. 
And you really need to do this to keep your business income and expenses separate from your personal income and expenses. It sounds like a bit of a pain, but trust me, it has value. I mean, how serious are you about your business? Are you intending to persist and make it work for at least the next two years? This is the level of commitment we're talking about. A business isn't something that you start to see how it goes, that there's no seriousness or commitment or intention in that. I wouldn't be thinking about at least a two-year time frame and setting up a business bank account to run for that period so that you can track exactly what happens. And another thing is apart from just separating your personal expenses, you want to be really clear on checking whether your business is performing as it should be. You want to keep a handle on how much you need to spend to keep your business going. It's pretty hard to do when it's lost amongst your shopping bills. When you clearly distinguish your business as a separate entity with a separate bank account, there is not just that greater level of commitment, but there's the greater level of clarity in tracking what's going in and coming out, understanding what you have to bring in to break even and just taking it all a bit more seriously. It also makes tax time so much easier because you have that separate record of everything going on. It means that when you're ready to take payments, your clients are going to know that they're dealing with a professional. They're going to see that you have a business bank account in your business name and it feels a lot different than just going into your personal account. Think about that for yourself. Imagine going to a business and paying them and it comes up with, um, you know, that Andrea and her husband's Mr and Mrs such and such bank account. You kind of just changes the flavour of that working relationship, right? So think about that. Set up a business bank account. It doesn't cost a lot. Look for something with low fees and charges. It should cost you around about $100 a year to maintain or maybe 200 at the most. But seriously, set it up. It's not that expensive and it's going to give you that professional positioning and a much easier way forward with your business finances. There are obviously other things on top of the four that I've discussed today that you need to do to set up your business. But these are the starting points that you need to get ready to serve your customers. If you're in the Passion to Profit course and you're listening to this, check out page 37 of the student guide for the complete business startup checklist. There are other points in there that you need to look at. So just to summarise today, I've talked about the first few parts of a business checklist for getting set up that I use in the Passion to Profit program. And in summary, what they are is firstly to choose a business name, preferably your own name um, and that helps you to build that personal brand that's easy to be recognised and easy to refer people to. The second thing I talked about was registering your business with ASIC, that's in Australia, using the best structure for your personal asset and income uh, protection and situation. Please get an accountant and get that set up. Thirdly, I talked about getting professional insurance um, so that you are clearly protected um, in terms of your service and liability in a public setting. And I talked about the amounts that you would need to think about being covered for. Finally, set up a business bank account. So those four things are must do's. And once you do them, 
you're really sticking your flag on the hill and saying, I am a serious business. I invite you to do that because it's going to help you get that sense of confidence and visibility that you need to get going and to succeed. Now, if you have a great idea and you would like to create that solid business blueprint and get ready to build a thriving and profitable business, make sure you book in for a free information session to learn more about my Passion to Profit program. That's where you can take this blueprint and build out all of the structures and processes and plans that you need to start taking action in a really intentional way. For now, thanks for being here. Look forward to seeing you next time. And bye for now.